Hey everyone, welcome back to Great Windy Way, a podcast putting a spotlight on Chicago theater. It's been a bit since we've gotten to hang out, but I promise you the wait is worth it. I had the privilege to talk to Christina Hall, who is currently portraying the historic figure Sarah Weddington, the attorney that challenged the Texas law against abortion and brought Roe v. Wade to the Supreme Court. In Goodman Theater's Row, the audience has taken on a journey through the past, present, and future of reproductive rights through the eyes of those involved in this case. At the center of its story are Norma McCorvey, the woman behind Jane Roe, and Sarah Weddington, the lawyer that fought for the bodily autonomy that we have today. Christine and I talk about how this autonomy is still being challenged, despite that Roe v. Wade is still standing as law of the land in the United States, and we talk about even more. I hope you are as compelled by Christina as I was. Enjoy. Well, it's so nice to meet you and get to chat with you. Me too. How has the show been? Like, I'm sure that, I mean, like, I left and I was exhausted. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that you guys are exhausted. <laughs> well, there definitely is, like, some emotional labor going on. Yeah. So that's uh, a bit intense. Yeah. But very luckily the goodman has given us like such a safe emotional space working on this vanessa stalling our director created such a positive collaborative environment in the room when we were rehearsing so with that in mind it's fun to explore all this with the ensemble because it is truly an ensemble piece yes yeah absolutely and i guess for people who are just like tuning in i was lucky enough to get to see it so i know what we're talking about yeah yeah um so (laughs) the goodman's doing row which is based on roe v wade essentially and I, going into it, literally all I knew was the case was related to the topic of abortion. Correct. I didn't even know which one was Roe and which one was like, wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Roe was a real person. I didn't realize it was a pseudonym. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot um, of people like assume the plaintiff, Jane Roe, actually got an abortion out of all of it. But she never had an abortion. She never had an yeah. abortion. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And how disconnected she was from the entire process was really surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Did you know all of this going into it, or did you learn everything by reading? Absolutely not. I I had no idea about most of this. Um, And almost everyone I talked to has been like, I had no idea about all of this history regarding the subject. But what was most, like, shocking about that to me is I am a Texas woman. Oh, really? I grew up in the Texas education system and got Texas history in elementary school, middle school, and high school, and I had never heard of Sarah Weddington. Wow. <laughs> Who is That's a Texas powerhouse. Yeah, so. right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. A bit of perspective. Small <laughs> tangent. So you're from yeah, Texas. And I like, am. Texas yeah. history is like, okay, I watched Cheer. Did you watch uh-huh. Cheer? Uh, yeah. And yeah. it's like when they have that like class at school when it's like, this is Texas history. That's like yeah. a real thing that like yeah. you got to sit through. Absolutely. I'm from Ohio. Yeah. We did not have Ohio history. Yeah. Well, Texas like has this mentality of kind of being its own country that allowed the United States to have it as a part of its, you know. <laughs> uh, like you're lucky to have us. <laughs> That's a bold statement, maybe. But I mean, there is definitely a sense of like individualistic pride as a state Mm -hmm. like very strong texas pride and i'm sure part of that is instilled because we learn a lot about where we came from sure um but obviously not enough (laughs) (laughs) that's right selective history that's fascinating did that inform because you have roots there did that inform a lot of your character development as oh yeah like part of that story absolutely because i mean other than being from texas there's a lot i identify with um from this character 
I'm a liberal who grew up in Texas in a religious family. Like most of my elder relatives are very involved in the church. We're preachers, deacons. Are, I mean, yeah. So uh, my mom worked for the church my whole life. Wow. So I have a close attachment to that. And Sarah Weddington, she's a minister's daughter. Um, so even though she was like the poster girl for this pro-choice movement, she comes from a, a basis of faith and still has those views. And, and I do as well. Um, I'm a spiritual person. I got God, you know what right, I mean? Yeah, so that's super valuable. those things were very relatable. Very that's relatable. really cool. Yeah. Did you, when you were, were you given the script and like, like how was the process getting into this show? Like, was it yeah. like you pursued it? Did they pursue you? Cause it seems yeah. like it's very closely tied to your roots and like sure. your ideals and stuff. That's really cool that you get to explore that. It is. I've never played a character so close to my beliefs and and i'm not gonna lie it is a huge privilege especially to me as a white lady to be up on a stage with the microphone saying the things i believe when i know there's like a long history of of women of color who made it you know made the movement possible so absolutely women like sarah weddington and myself uh can get up there and, and kind of holler the message so i'm very grateful in terms of like booking the role um i've been very lucky to have worked with the good men I think this is my sixth collaboration with cool. them. Yeah, which is wonderful and such a gift, especially because a lot of the work I've done with them is on new work. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I went through several levels of auditions. I think it was four or five <laughs> uh, levels of callbacks and things, which I was happy to do because I care about this project. Yeah. It feels so urgent and important. And even at that stage and at that stage where the script was at, mm -hmm. um, it it felt imperative to be in that room. And very yeah. luckily, uh, Lisa Loomer and Vanessa Stalling <laughs> felt the same way. That's so, <laughs> so great. That worked out. And especially in terms of like getting to work on Newark here often, while this is not a brand new play, because of the nature of the show, it's about current events happening in relationship to this case. And, you know, Sarah Weddington says right out of the gate, every day new abortion laws are written. And so, as a result, Lisa Loomer has to keep rewriting yeah, right. the show. <laughs> keep revisiting um, it. Yeah. yeah, because things just keep coming. Um, so, in that sense, there was the ability to kind of navigate some other things about the characters and edits and additions that she made along the way that felt extra special to be a part of because it, it did have a sense of something new along with it absolutely that's really cool yeah. so it seems like that room that rehearsal hall was really collaborative very that's great and something that was like i okay this is like another huge moment of gratitude for me because i had a project that overlapped with this mm -hmm. i was doing always patsy klein at firebrand oh, theater awesome a feminist musical theater yes. company here in they chicago well. yes there's not another theater like them and so what i experienced in that show was being in a room completely run by women, mm -hmm. um, you know, we had a complete, I, I've, I've never really experienced anything out like that. We had one musician who identified as male, and I think we had some subs come in, you know, um, to run sound and stuff, but it was all women, and then coming into this room with a cast that is predominantly women, um, with everyone kind of I mean, a lot of the designers, the playwright, the director, assistant director, all women. Our dramaturg was male, but what's wonderful about the men who they selected to be in the room was that they were incredible listeners. Good. And so the gift of, like, being in a new energy, because you don't know until you've experienced it. You don't know what you didn't have until you have that safety in the room. And it was, like, revelatory to me as an artist. And if 
feels like this show, not just because of the importance of it, but because of that safety of space kind of took it next level in terms of expression. Yeah, I, um, I could really feel as an audience member that I w that you, everyone on stage, was able to do their best work yeah. because of that environment. Yeah. And, like, I didn't feel as an audience member that there was any kind of, like, uncomfortableness. Right, of, even like, though it's very uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, topic, yeah. It's a really hard one to, like, actually have to sit there mm -hmm. and, like, take in and, like, feeling the audience kind of, like, wriggle through the whole yes. experience. It's really fascinating <laughs> yes. to just be a part of that energy. And so mm -hmm. I'm glad that you guys were, I mean, obviously, I'm glad you guys were given, like, that space to, because yeah. the show, I don't think it would work without that groundwork. Agreed. Because it's a, it's a show about women's issues. Mm -hmm. No disrespect, because I, I very much admire the men I've had the pleasure of working with. But uh, it, it would have been infuriating for a man to direct the show. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> um, you it know, yeah. and, and I will say, as grateful as I am for all of the people who have come and brought attention to the show through mm -hmm. their reviews um, and press, I'm amazed at how many publications chose to send men to review the show yeah. as opposed to their female counterparts who are on staff. And I know not every... Uh, outlet has um, someone of that gender identity available to come in, um, but I, I, I would have like been interested in more female opinions itself. on the subject. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's. I didn't even think. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I didn't really either until I started seeing them. Which you know, like as an actor, I'm probably an idiot for choosing to read all the reviews I can find. There are two kinds of is. people, you know. You know. You know. But at least, you know, it seems like the, the buzz has been very positive around this. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, the audience that I was experiencing it with, granted, it was opening night. There were a lot mm -hmm. of people who were connected to the show one way or sure. another. But it felt, it felt very positive. It was. And I will say, opening night is maybe the quietest crowd we've had. Really? It was so reserved. Maybe because everybody was dressed up. But what's been yeah. incredible about this is that... It does call for audience participation mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. Raise your hand if you remember what it was like. Yeah. Raise your hand if you know what the actual case said. Um, and so by the time we get to the end of the show, when there's a town hall portion, um, we want everyone talking back to us. And it's come up, you know, we've had women from the audience yelling, castrate the men. And we've had, you know, people amening along with the Flip Benham point of view mm. from the conservative Christian right. Um um, so it's it's a really interesting experience. Wow, yeah. And especially, like, towards the end of the show, you know, those house lights come up when we're all interacting in real space and time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know everyone becomes aware of, like, oh, yeah, I'm in this room with all these people who have their own opinions about this thing we just saw. It's Absolutely. fascinating. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, I bet as, like, you're able to, like, see everybody out there. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, me, I'm just witnessing the people to my right and my left. Yeah. But watching yeah. the collective kind of take it all Ooh, in girl it's, especially those ooh, first girl. few rows because you can see their faces the whole right. play it's and you're so like clear. hey <laughs> I hope I don't have anything hanging out of my nose because if I could see you this well you can see me this well yeah have you ever been a part of a show that had that level of like interaction with the audience like it, that seems yeah. so authentic because there's one thing to break the fourth wall and you know not force but like you know encourage audience interaction mm -hmm. like you know, if you're just going into the aisles and stuff like that. But, like, this seems like it was, like, really organic, like, and kind of almost written into the script that you're just encouraging yeah. people to come out yeah. of their shells. Conversational. Yes. With the audience. Um, 
and in a way that like compels action from the audience. Yes, hopefully absolutely. all the way out the door, but mm-hmm. during the course of the show. Um, I I haven't been a part of a show that was so audience participatory in terms of like um, getting them to agree as a group to become a part of it. Mm-hmm. I've definitely been a part of shows where you call out someone, you know, to come be a part, or yeah. like uh, you're working with the audience in general. Like always, Patsy Klein. I, I one of the roles I played in it was Louise, who like it's all about audience participation. Yeah. She's telling the story to the audience, you know, mm-hmm. monologuing and all those things. But it's this is different because it's it's nudging them about something personal mm-hmm. because everyone has generally a pretty personally strong opinion about this and it's hard for people to feel swayed in any way and not that I think I don't think that's wrong per se um, because this does feel tied to people's moral compass about more than just abortion which I think is true Mm -hmm. I mean something we address is like this isn't about the lawyers this isn't about Jane Roe this is about who should have power over a woman's body yeah if it should be controlled by the government or their physician, or if they should have the choice as to what happens to them and how that dictates their future. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's different in that way because you, you do force people to, like, think about it and yeah. then own it in front of other people. Yes, and that's the most difficult part of it all yeah. is actually yeah. holding on to your own opinion. Absolutely. Do you feel like it's this show's, I don't want to say job, but do you feel like this um, this show and maybe like art in general mm-hmm. is it is its uh, goal to change minds to sway mm-hmm. people in a particular way or do you think that it is ex- existing to allow people to pull up that opinion and actually have to face it and mm-hmm. then have those conversations with themselves or other people yeah. do you feel like this show in particular and maybe just your experience as an artist like does it push you one way or the other? Do you have a, an mm-hmm. opinion of what its role is in that? Sure. Um, I am a big believer that compelling theater should be a mirror of the age. Um, I hope it just holds people up to themselves and that it's a big enough mirror they can see other people standing beside them. I think the role of this particular show, um, because it does offer both sides of the story, um, or both sides of the, the line of sure, pro-life, yeah. pro-choice. Mm-hmm. And what is, I think, something that people carry away is that everybody comes from somewhere. Something shaped those ideas. Something led them to where they are on this topic. It doesn't make them any less of a person for where they land. And at a time right now where most things feel pretty polarizing in terms of political standing mm-hmm. in, in the state of things. Um, it's nice that this asks people to listen with an open mind and compassion. Um, so I do appreciate that. I have not been swayed in any way from my own personal mm-hmm. opinion um, in regards to the subject, um, but I am more aware of, like, the Supreme Court justices, they are humans who have families. They live with their decisions forever with bullets coming at them and hate mail. And, you know, Sarah Weddington, too, not necessarily assassination attempts, but can you imagine this woman's been at it since she was 26? Yeah, I can't. And is oh my still, God. she's, you know, 75 plus and is still 
adamantly working rigorously, mm-hmm. never ceasingly on King other resources available. Do you, is there something that you want the audience to walk away with? Like, what's if you could just yeah. impart like one thing onto them as they leave? My hope is that this will remind people that how we make choices to dictate our entire country should be based on the the common good. Mm. Um, that nobody's going to get exactly what they want on either side of this polarized scale. Um, the hope is to compromise in a way that serves the most people yeah. and protects the most people. Um, I would also say my major hope is that this reminds people that these things we have taken for granted as our civil rights in the time frame we've been alive, we have to remember this is now, and the things that are truly affecting us are happening quietly yeah. behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And if we are not adamantly informed and make sure that the things that matter to us, not just about uh, bodily autonomy, environmental issues, civil rights to, to immigrants, things like that, um, we have to stay aware and vigilant and hopefully act, um, most especially, turn up to vote. Uh, yeah. The reason the election happen the way they do is because most people stay home. So if you want to be a part of the dialogue, please show up and, and do your part. Yeah, absolutely. That's powerful. And that's really exciting that you get to be a part of that. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know, we have access to something like this that can mm-hmm. that can talk to it. Do, mm-hmm. do you have a lot of conversations in the rehearsal room about the like the bigger ideas? Or mm-hmm. did it feel a little more you're trying to just like um, put more of a microscope on the people was the, how did the rehearsal process kind of help you guys through the topics at all we had an amazing dramaturg and jonathan green who compiled a packet like twice the size of our script oh my god content so <laughs> we sure. were informed which was most important because yes. information is power um but what i will say like we're constructing a story of actual people for the most part all of these humans in the story exist Mm -hmm. um and they will tell you their story and their obituary and and their legacy yeah i thought that was really Um, cool very fascinating and it also becomes a fight over legacy in this show how people they're like i want you to take this impression of me away yeah which takes it out of like the social you know commentary of it all which is really really cool that's just like a yeah, I you agree. Know, structure of the script I agree. kind of thing. And a reminder <laughs> that the show is about two women who the same events may have occurred, but they have totally different ideas of what those events meant. Wildly different, yeah. Wildly different. Um, even though we see them have the same scene together, their interpretation... Anyway, it... Yeah, it, it, <laughs> the same events is yes, completely yes. different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how much uh, work did you do with the actress that... Uh, place Norma because you guys really only have like one two I guess really the the scene where you ask her to be a part of the case and then when mm-hmm. you tell her that they won on the park bench uh-huh. later um, did you guys work together a lot just because you are the centerpieces of the story or was it yeah. true to like the historical narrative of it and you guys were separated mm-hmm. a lot because it seems like you guys had a chemistry there at least yeah. from an audience perspective hey, oh good good <laughs> um, because you do interact in like mm-hmm. this like ether of like you know it's my story it's my story then you're yeah. um, you know arguing against mm-hmm. each other in a lot mm-hmm. of cases yeah. did you did you have a lot of rehearsals together were you able to interact with each other on that sense or were you like um did you kind of pull like a sharks and a jets thing and like you yeah. rehearse separately yeah um well because of the nature of the show being so ensemble driven everyone's coming in and out of scenes very quickly mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of transitions in place and time and 
and uh, uh, characters coming and going. So we spent a lot of time in the room together. And while there are only a couple of scenes that take place in real time and space together between Sarah and Norma in like life events, mm-hmm. um, there are so many moments where they're on stage together, confronting each other and poking holes in each other's story. Yeah, you know. Um, so we did rehearse together a lot, and very luckily we were able to like spend some time bonding together Good. as actors because Good. the nature of the show and the nature of a lot of uh, industries for women. But specifically in this play, it's written where these two women are competing mm. the whole time. Yeah. And um, that can weigh on anybody to feel like you're, I mean, they're, it's, all, it's all a story about these two women fighting, yeah. essentially, for their voice to be heard. Yeah. Um, and so very luckily, Kate and I nurture like a relationship outside of that to, Good. you know, keep each other happy and healthy, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> lovely and wonderful and brings so much heart to a character that could be very difficult to play, especially um, if your beliefs do not align with that role. Uh, she takes a big journey. Yeah, she um, does a major shift that yeah, I was not expecting. Right. And then, yeah, it's, yeah it's that was part of the information. Really like, wild. I did not know about oh. these people at all. Um, you know, but again, like, Vanessa's so collaborative, so the conversations we had were together because mm-hmm. every moment that Norma and Sarah share is a push or a pressure mm-hmm. in a different way that supports the things that frustrate them about each other the whole yeah. way through. <laughs> totally. So um, nurturing that to make sure it like serves the larger story mm-hmm. um, and being in communication and uh, decision making together about yeah. who is winning when. Yeah, that's um, really neat. Yeah. As an actor, um, because you know Norma's story is. There's clear turning points in it and like you know you learn about the arc and the journey and like being different from the beginning than you are at the end um sarah weddington doesn't have quite so um forefront a journey like you know in terms of ideals she pretty much remains the same from beginning to end Mm -hmm. as an actor how did you navigate actually like you know building a a character arc for her because she does seem um like obviously very very interesting but you know in terms of going through a two-hour show sure. and creating a journey for yourself. Yeah. Like, how did you... Um, did you do a lot of personal work on that? Was a lot of collaboration mm. with the director? And what did you find yeah. at the end of the day? What was your what was your journey from, you know, page one to that last page? Absolutely. Thank you for asking that. Um, because welcome. something that is, like, um, Sarah Weddington, the person, is extremely private. Yes. She does not air her laundry, except um, when it is very intentional and to serve a larger purpose than just talking about herself. Um, so in terms of what Lisa Loomer, the playwright, had to work with... Not a time. <laughs> it, you know, and, and so she chose to follow through with that through line of Sarah's nature in the play because she isn't here to talk about herself. It's not about her individual journey. It is about this larger picture. It is about how these things affect every single woman in this country. Um, because the reality is, Sarah Weddington, she's a middle-class white woman. If abortion becomes illegal, she is one of the women and was one of the women who will be able to get an abortion. They will be able to find one and come up with the money to have one. And that will be true if it, if it happens in the future for us. Um, but she's there to stand up for everybody. And something that Vanessa said to me that was 
oh, so huge in helping me build that because there was a monologue at one point in the show that revealed a lot of personal information about Sarah. Mm. At a moment of exacerbation towards the end, she just, or exasperation, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, towards the end, she, um, you know, gives all this information about leaving her blossoming career in Washington, D.C. to go take care of her cancer, or her sister who was dying of breast cancer, and then her father who was elderly, and then Sarah gets diagnosed with breast cancer, her sister dies, like, she, all of those things, she builds the Weddington Foundation, she, because she is a breast cancer survivor, does a ton of work in terms of awareness of that, she's always worked diligently and tirelessly on women's issues, and something Vanessa said was that, um, Sarah's professional life is personal. Mm. It's extremely personal to her because it's she's poured everything into it at the sacrifice of, you know, a family and and her, she lost her marriage over the you know over the course of the case initially when she was twenty six, um, and this has been her whole life because just as much as like Roe v. Wade came to define Norma in a lot of ways when she chose to especially own it publicly, um, Sarah's been this poster girl from the get-go and I think has tried to use her power and so that is a guiding focus that I've tried to bring too is like keeping room and space especially for the few women of color who are in this show Mm -hmm. who have to represent multitudes of women who um, sadly because this is a subject white women have been at the forefront of publicly this story uh, has a lot of white women in it Yes, yeah. (laughs) and the reality is one of the things we bring up is like people of color are often the most affected by this you know um that's very important so there's a lot of responsibility to honor that um to be a listener (laughs) and um to just try and bring integrity so that has really been like the driving character force is like bringing personal character to honoring this whole topic Mm mm-hmm yeah Yeah, I mean, I commend you as an actor because it really didn't hit me until after the show that I was like, wait a second, we don't really know a lot about her Mm -hmm. as a person, Mm -hmm. and like, but I still felt so connected to your performance. Thank you. So I commend you for that. That's That's very kind to say. Really wonderful. Um, So just little wanted to share that with you because I really I really appreciate that work in the show. Um, Thank you. Yeah, but it has been a difficult thing because I myself. I cry at everything. I'm super emotional. <laughs> super emotional. I'm a huge open book. And to play a character who, like, one of the points she makes is, like, she isn't allowed to cry in public because she'll be dismissed as being emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and if she does, then she, or if she doesn't cry, then she's just a cold bitch. You yeah. Know? Um, so we those see that over and over. were it's... very hard to. <laughs> you know, Vanessa was like, all right, Christina, less crying, less crying. I'm like, oh, it's so hard, though. <laughs> um, so those things took a lot of like concentration. Yeah. You know, luckily there's a few moments I could turn my back and be like, get it together, Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's so much about fighting for legacy. Yes. And yes, there's not a lot known about Sarah Weddington's life. And so people take her for granted. Yeah. She's been a diligent public servant from day one. Mm-hmm. And much like some of the people vying for leadership roles in the upcoming presidential uh, nominations. Um, Public service and longevity of intention and being steadfast to a cause that you've put your entire life's work behind has so much tremendous value. 
especially if it's based on something that we've taken for granted because it didn't affect us in our lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. That, yeah, it's such a heavy burden to carry. Yeah, I can't imagine, you know? Oh, I really can't imagine. <laughs> like, every time I do try to think about it, I'm like, wow, Sarah, woof. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's oh, my tough. gosh. Have you... Um, like, as a cast, have they, you know, has there been any... I mean, it seems like you worked a lot with Lisa, the playwright. Yeah, she came in for a bit, and luckily, like, she was in communication with our dramaturg throughout the process when she wasn't here, so... That's really nice. Yeah, we were yeah. very lucky to get to collaborate so closely. Yeah, that's awesome. Has there been any, anybody else who is kind of uh, connected to the, the, the play, either historically or, like, through its development? Have they been mm. connected with this production at all? No. No, interesting. No. Um, and I think... Uh, I think... Yeah, I, no, <laughs> from what I understand. Not in our work uh, here. Um, I can't exactly speak to Lisa's involvement with them developing her script. Sure. Um, but as the play makes obvious, most of these people are dead. Um, yeah. A lot of them are, mm-hmm. uh, if not a while back, recently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because Sarah Weddington was so young when this happened. And she's 26, really, man. Oh I God, think about I'm, what I was doing at 26. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm 25, so I'm like, okay, i got to go to law school. Yeah. Well, I gotta, oh, like, my God. Like, what is yeah, I was, like, like, slinging plates and working at Crate and Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> like, please let me understudy your kid's show. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's just, like, changing the world. Whatever. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your career. Like, um, oh, how long have you been in Chicago? I've been here 13 and a half years. It's amazing. Yeah, I came a year after I graduated from SMU with some friends, and uh, I've been at it, man. (laughs) I've been pounding this pavement a minute. Yeah. Um, Primarily, I do stage work. I'm a singer as well, so I do a lot of musical theater. Were you a musical theater major, or were you an acting major? No, I was an acting major. Straight plays are actually my passion, and I don't get to do them very often. Well, Chicago's a great place to do that. It is, um, but you know, a lot of... People will mention, I'm sure, musical theater actors often get pigeonholed into a pocket where people do not assume they can act naturally yeah. without song. Or, right. Um, so <laughs> I'm very lucky that the Goodman, um, they have only ever used me in a musical one of the six times I've worked here. What musical was that? Uh, Wonderful Town. Oh, how fun. <laughs> I, I got to put another prostitute on my long resume. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Horse with the heart of gold. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'm always blown away by, like, the one theater who consistently thinks of me this way is the Goodman. <laughs> I know. So, it's like, you could do worse. <laughs> absolutely. So I super count that blessing. But, uh, yeah, I actually, I, I trained in straight play acting in college, but I also trained as an opera singer. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, there, there's the pipes. Um, <laughs> the voce. Yeah. <laughs> She's fresh. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh yeah, I've, I've worked in the non-equity circuit for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I turned to equity a few years ago. And Congratulations. Thank you. I, it was actually a wonderful town that oh, took me equity. Go. So thanks, Goodman. <laughs> um, but uh, it was remarkable turning union because it was like I was brand new in the city again. Oh, Nobody knew who I was. And, like, man, that was a big old kick to the ego. I was like, for real? I got, like, ten years here. Come on, y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting that there's, like, such a disconnect between yeah. the casting circuits for both yes, of those. Yes, I, I thought. Yeah. Rather. I wouldn't expect that. Um, 
Yeah, so especially because I've been a part of like award-winning Onic reproductions, it's not like it's not like yeah, like they're invisible in any and way. And storefront like, theater is like really Chicago's backbone. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So um, I, I I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there definitely was like a year and a half of auditioning without much coming through, and then very luckily. Um, things started to trickle in. I got to work in Milwaukee on a few things. Oh, yeah. There's um, great stuff there, Yeah, too. yeah. Um, got to do Mrs. Lovett out there with oh. Skylight, and I got to sing Patsy Cline as a mm-hmm. swing for them. Uh, and they're developing a really cool new musical with Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes about oh, cool. uh, Laurie Bambenick called Rum Bambi Rum. Oh, my Run. God. Uh, so I, it was cool to be in the room for that. Yeah, and, that's really neat. Yeah, Eric Simonson's writing the book, so it's it's going to oh, be a cool neat. collaboration when they get it. You know, when they keep... I know they're developing it still, so right, I'm very excited ready. to see where it gets to. Cool. Um, so those things have been cool, and uh, finally I kind of got, like, in the equity... House musical theater circuit the past few so cool. little bits. So, yeah, and now here, I'm doing Kinky Boots out at Paramount. Oh, so uh, In the spring. Fun. which I'm playing in Kinky Boots? <laughs> I'm playing Trish, yes. which, you know, antagonistic troublemaker. Let's love go. love to see it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's going to be nice to return. I, I, I last worked there when I was doing Ursula and the Little Mermaid. Oh, fun. Oh, my God, it was so fun. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> That talk about theater magic. Amber Mack knows how to make the most like enchanting shows. Her Truly. design team is impeccable. Teresa Ham can build a costume now. Come yes. on, tentacles. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to get back out there. Oh, how fun. Yeah, it's gonna oh be fun. God. And like Cindy Lauper music. Hell Great yes, shoes. Let's yes, go. Let's go. Pain. Oh my god, how much fun. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Did you choose yeah. Chicago after graduation because of the variety of theater that you're able to mm. do here, or was there something else that you drew to the city? Yeah. Um it was always like one of three, New York, Chicago, LA. Yep. Um, I always kind of, Shakespeare was my major passion uh, when I left college. Yes. Um, but I visited New York, and that was the place I always imagined I would go. But I went, and I was like, oh, I don't like it. Uh, I just visited, you know? Yeah. And I thought, if I, want, if I move here, I would want to come with a job, like someone brought me to New York to work there, or be in a position with enough means I wouldn't have to live meagerly and I knew there was no way I could do that right at the time so mm-hmm. I was like mm, back burner New York I guess yeah and then I went and visited LA and I was like well this is just like Houston where I'm from yeah but with like palm trees and like alienly beautiful people I know right um, I was like this is not great for my ego oh, yeah. you know I'll have a thick milkshake uh, moving on and then I was out in Michigan at Holland or Hope Summer Repertory Theater in Holland Michigan and uh, we hopped the train here, and I got off, and it was like summer, and it was gorgeous. Oh, I yeah. was like, "Summer here is it was so best. magical." It is the best place on earth it in the really summer. Is. Don't talk to me about it right now, but I know, oh. right? Like, what is it <laughs> like? The most like, consecutive yeah, days without here. sun since the eighties. Yeah. Oh. I was like, "No, rude, rude, truly." Like, oh, maybe this is why I'm crying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? My therapist is like, "So you know, there hasn't been any sun." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." Oh, this is why I need to call my mom every day. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, when I got off the train, I mean, the city itself felt so hospitable, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm from a southern hospitality right. frame of mind. So that was very encouraging, and the city was beautiful. And, of course, knowing what 
the nature of the work here is. Like, things come here to get made yes. before they go somewhere Such else. Such a great way to say it. And I want to be a part of the making. Mm-hmm. One of the proudest moments of my life was when we did Feathers and Teeth here. I remember in high school, like, reading plays, and, like, you'd see in the front pages where, like, original cast, here's a name, here's a character, yeah. here's where it was done, and Feathers and Teeth, I ordered that off, the, oh, my God, I so ordered like, copies for all the <laughs> relatives, like, look, bitch, I'm here, yes. dreams come true. That's an amazing accomplishment. I mean, I didn't say bitch to my mom, but you know oh, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. No. The sentiment was there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it was, like, a... It was like a huge moment of pride, and oh you know how awesome it was. Like one more thing here that has really been a huge part of my career building. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm forever like, holy shit! I can't believe this. Like, I, yeah, I'm just so grateful. Truly yeah. astounding. Yeah, yeah. you. In the course of my interviews with people, you're probably the person that I've spoken to that has lived the longest here. So I'm very uh, mm. curious. Like, what do you feel uh, makes Chicago theater special? Yeah. Um, I think something that is extremely compelling about the work being made right here, right now, um, is that the people who are making it are community activists. They are rooted in what comes next in theater. Um, because as wonderful as it is to escape to a musical from the 50s that has very old-fashioned relationship types and models, um there is the importance of making theater matter uh, especially like we have to compete with epic films and yeah. and you know there's so much to see and do and so it has to be impactful especially because of how much there is to be able to see and do on any given night in the theater community here it means everything has to really pack um, potency mm. and I think that makes a lot of the work more compelling because they have to have a stronger voice to be heard over so many voices trying to be heard. So I think that's a lot of it. And also, like, Chicago don't lie, you know? No. They think it's a, a stinky egg, man. They will throw it. They'll like, throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, that's no right. So that's why they try everything out here before they take it to Broadway, because totally. we're like, nope. Like, <laughs> or like, hell yeah. Send it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's a big part of why it's so exciting. And I feel like as much as... Broadway is like this dream uh, you know of mm-hmm. course that's the thing I had in my mind my whole life and then I found out yeah. like people on Broadway still have to have jobs outside of this industry and I'm right. like well okay um, <laughs> the streets are not paved with gold that's correct so as much as those things would be incredible it feels more meaningful to be a part of something new Yeah, that will change what our industry looks like and yeah. what our audiences look like yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, building a legacy, just like yeah, just like absolutely. Grow. That's really incredible. Thank you. Well, I I admire you so much as a you know citizen of the world. Oh my goodness, and, thank an you. That's so very kind. I feel very lucky to have been able to connect with you, Sarah. Likewise, thank oh. you. You're you're a great interviewer. Thank you for <laughs> well, making this you. so comfortable and kind. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. so glad. I'm so glad. So we try to like just make it a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And so pleasure. Um, is there anything else that you you know feel like is um, important to touch on for people that want to see the show or yeah. are hesitant about seeing the show? Yeah. Um, the Goodman does have discount codes available for half off tickets. We they love do to rush see it. tickets. Please come now. Don't think this will keep running. It ends February 23rd. 
don't sleep on it because mm -hmm. we all deserve to know this information as we head into uh, election season. Yes, as you said, knowledge is power, and this yes. is a great way to get information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's very uh, informative. Yes, yeah. I feel like I, I was talking with my friend. Like I'm an emotional learner. Like mm -hmm. if you, you know, rather than like auditory or visual. Like if you give me a story, yeah. I'm gonna remember what's going on Agreed. versus like reading it in a book. So this is a great way to get a little like dose of history. Yeah, well. yeah, and Absolutely. something that's applicable. You know, when you walk out the door. So, totally. Yeah. And thank you for sharing your work with me yeah. and the rest of the community. It so, is yeah. truly an honor. Thank you so much. Break legs today. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I'll let you go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Great Windy Way. Christina will be bringing Sarah Weddington to life at Goodman Theater until February 23rd. I encourage you to see this show and witness the work that Christina and the rest of the artists are sharing with the Chicago community. And vote! I put a link in the description, so no excuses. Reach out to me on social media or on the website, greatwindyway.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or anything you've seen lately in Chicago and beyond. Until then, see you next time on The Great Windy Way. Mm -hmm.